Live from Derbyshire, this is The Sunday Lunch Show with Brent Poland, and you are listening live. Hi there, and hopefully you should be able to hear me. Uh, some thumbs up would be lovely if you can hear me, if you can't. Hello everybody, are you there? Shouting into the ether. But welcome to our show. Today we'll talk about technology, <laughs> the future, <laughs> and whether we have a future, because in the future... Technology might be able to take over. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio. Hashtag TT Radio. If asking the question, will technology take over? We're just hopefully now you've been joining us, we're just reconfiguring the show. Switched on to. Brent's modern trusted laptop. It's like, <laughs> feels like the, the modern technology has, has failed. So let me get this straight. Your posh, top of the range yeah. laptop versus my beat down gaming laptop that's got, you know, yeah, it's old and decrepit. So sometimes the old and decrepit technology has just defeated the brand new spanking technology, yeah. which is a complete play on exactly yeah. what we're doing today. So yes, we switched over, switched over laptops, and uh, it seems that my laptop, the old one, seems to be working over Adam's business top-of-the-range laptop. Yeah. So let's let's restart then. Today we're going to look at, um, actually, completely ironic, you couldn't script this. You couldn't script this, we haven't done this on purpose. But we're going to look at AI chatbot, and in particular we're going to focus in on, on homework and, and um, Oh, but you sound, Mike sounds absolutely Dalek. So we sound Dalek now, apparently. So uh, I'm going to let Adam try and fix why I sound Dalek. Exterminate. <laughs> My word. I'm a mare. Exterminate. Exterminate. I think in the, probably in the, the, the fretting of trying to fix everything, we've probably knocked a setting or two out. Um, so hopefully that's, let's fix that. Ah, oh, that's better. Good, are we? Yeah. Did you push some button? And, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, so, so again, the human error of um, panicking, of like, what could it be? What could it be? What could it be? And I, I think it might be that Adam's oh, laptop might I do it. like that. Ooh, that sounds better. Ooh. <laughs> so I don't sound exterminate. Exterminate. So let's see now. We've got we've got a, got a show up and running. The technology um, is seems to be working, and we're ready to go. So homework. The, the thought came from this about two weeks ago when we when we um, we got involved in an on, online sort of back and forth. It was, it was all quite amicable between uh, ourselves and Kirsty Allsop, the uh, the home director, uh, celebrity, television celebrity, does those shows where she does up houses. And and, and what it was is that she, she had sort of uh, posted up on her Twitter feed um, about the being of a parent's existence, which is homework. And, and she, you know, resented it and felt that, you know, it was just robbing children off their, their childhood. And it was the eternal struggle of which then Adam, of course, being you know, a parent of slightly older children, um, is, is, he would say it's a bane of his life. Mm. And equally, I know I've got my, my seven-year-old and I'm looking at their phonics homework and I'm looking at their homework going and having that fight now again. So I can see that a lot of parents out there have this 
especially after COVID, when they saw all, all the stuff that they, the children are doing at school, that's very different to what they were taught at school, which brought us on to this, this, this concept for the show today, which is to explore two things, really. We, we want to have a look at, at the concept of homework, and we will separate primary and secondary because there is, I think, a distinction between primary, secondary, and even uh, next level stage, even university level when it comes to homework. So there's the nuance of that. And then also we want to explore this this um, chatbot, AI, also the other, other ways of working, the, the concept of the, the classroom of the future, and not even just the classroom of the future, the teaching of the future, because part of me starts to worry um, about our own profession, whether the technology is going to replace us. And we've seen this again during the likes of the pandemic, where you had your lessons online, your remote learning. And even this week, with um, obviously the industrial action, schools went straight away into remote learning. And, and I think there are advantages to it, and I think there are disadvantages to it. So today I'm going to make the case for homework. I think I'm, I'm definitely in, on team homework, even though I know it's not going to make me popular with some parents. I, I, I think homework's an essential part of the toolkit um, of learning. But I would say that because I'm intrinsically motivated. I've always loved learning. And I've always been that kind of kid that would go off and read just for the sake of it, do stuff for the sake of it. So it's, I'm kind of the converted anyway, so to speak. And because I'm involved in education and I have the kind of value set of, of, of knowing the impact that learning has on children, I think it's, I think I'm a very, I wouldn't say biased, but I, I, yeah. I, I would say what I think I'm going to say. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it's just interesting kind of because we had this uh, back from Kirsty straight away about that obviously this is more nuanced than, than just a binary yes or no. Um, my, my thoughts of it are yes, but only if it's very, very well thought through, structured, and it's not homework by, you know, homework by numbers, essentially. Um, there's lots, obviously, we put, a lot of teachers put under pressure to set homework, and, um, you know, there's loads of apps out there. We were talking in the week, weren't we, about things like uh, Homework Satchel, School Satchel, I think it's called. Mm. You had one which was called, I can't remember what you said. With Satchel, one, we now set homework um, through Go for Schools, um, which I don't prefer. I preferred Satchel because I was able to create resources, put them on there, and year on year, just pull them through and then recycle them and then add to them. And I was able to drop in mm. a lot of my huge PowerPoints. And I... I a lot of my online resources or podcasts. So the, the memory on it was really, really good. So I was able to almost practically set half my scheme of work and send it home to the children. So it's, it's a really good platform. Um, but unbeknownst to me, my senior management decided <laughs> to change their homework policy and not consult. Um, I wasn't very happy about that because I'm kind of tired sometimes of investing in something and you go, great, we've got all this new, we'll, we'll invest in this. And no sooner have you gone and created these bespoke resources that somebody comes along and says, Sorry, we're not doing that any longer because of cost, because of we're not buying into this technology. And over the years, there has been so many platforms that we've had that I think to myself that this was the latest thing and some things stick and some things don't stick. Um, and, you know, you trace it all the way through, but then it's like, I suppose I was saying to you before, it's like me having my lessons on a floppy disk. I still, yeah, yeah. I still think there's a cupboard somewhere where I have my lessons <laughs> on a floppy disk, you know. So we've got a couple of a couple, a couple of people who have born with us today. And um, thank you for entering the room. We've got uh, Tom Rogers here, the legend himself. We've got Jenny. We've got uh, Shiny. We've got a lovely message from Betty from Ghana, um, which is interesting because I literally, the other day I had a, 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 a student um, who used to be taught in Ghana and he was telling me about the behavior practices of what behavior is in Ghana, which um, which was very different to what is in the UK. And I was trying to get to know this student of why, you know, he doesn't always 
hasn't adapted to the British education system. And, and, and one, of the, one of the reasons is because he was telling me about how strict discipline was in Ghana. Um, so, oh, yes, well, Shiny would like to... Um, would like to speak, so I'm 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 all for that. If, if shiny, oh, how do we get shiny involved? Yeah. Well, so, well, well we'll just discuss that. We'll set up today's show. If you have a look on uh, Twitter, we put a couple of polls up for today, mm. uh, just to try and try and get your feelings on homework. Um, you know, how do you set homework, and uh, you know, what is it that you want to kind of what do you want to learn about homework? But we, have we got the call recorder. Yeah, I think we had uh, shiny wanting to speak, so I sent an invite out. Um, yeah. and see what they respond to that. So yeah. more than welcome to to have input into this, uh, because obviously you know we we have different. Everybody's got different opinions on homework. Everybody's got different sort of things about it and different experiences of it. And I suppose I have the the parent hat on, I have the teacher hat on. I've got part of me which is the leave the kids alone, you know, let them learn in their own time versus actually structured homework is important so i do i do find the conflict i have the internal conflict a lot um where i where i, I do think to myself that i'd like to be new and modern and go ah homework doesn't matter but they are said it but part of me is like no actually we do need it as our um, intrinsic motivation for children we do need to get them up and running into the real world where they have to do work and and, and even though they might like it sometimes it is part of recall. It is part of being able to then take some ownership and responsibility. Because I think um, I think one of my my bugbears at the moment is is that we teachers work really hard, and um, there's expectations on us. But I think a lot of our students don't have the same work ethic. And I think um, what we'll come on to when we talk about the likes of the chatbot and stuff, it's a bit like copying and pasting off Wikipedia. I think a lot of our kids have got very good and very adept at doing a task so quickly that I don't believe they process. I think they, they functionally do the task, but they don't do the deeper thinking. They don't do the, they, they don't connect with the learning. They don't see the intrinsic value of it. It's it's like everything else. They've done it, they've ticked the box, they've moved on. And I think it's the same with our exam system. There's a lot of this going on where, where I could say the children on paper are a certain level, but in reality, they don't. Or you ask them, you know, this, they've got 15 out of 15 in a test. Two weeks later, I asked the children, could they tell me, you know, what, what, what how many people did Mary, um, Mary the first burned to death? And they look at me funny. I'm going, we learned that. And it's a difference between this, they did learn it, but it's gone. It's gone in the ether. But do we have the time, you know, as teachers to keep teaching stuff over and over again? Mm. Um, I use the analogy of the Christmas song, you know, that children remember, we all remember Christmas songs because you hear Christmas songs frequently enough. So for me, if your homework is connected to what you're doing in the classroom, it is increasing the frequency of the learning. It is that retrieval. It is that kind of, um, they're able to not only do it in school, they're able to then refresh it when they go home. And I'm a big fan of that question that um, I'd always like parents to ask their children. And that big question, of course, is what did you do at school today? And being a parent myself, and I was like pulling teeth, what did you do at school today? And the first thing I want to tell you is who they fell out with what the friendship group is, um, what somebody said to them at lunchtime, um, and it's everything else but what they did in the classroom. And then you go, what do you do in maths? And you get some sarky comment, numbers. What do you do in English? Spellings. <laughs> you know, what do you do in geography? Countries. And, and, and you don't you? You have to literally almost clinically dissect the actual learning. And you go, what did you actually learn at school today? And yes, learning is about the, the whole package. It isn't just about, you know, the, the information you get in the classroom. But it is 
I always pride myself as an historian that I set hand grenades off. I've always done this. It's got me into trouble every once in a while, and, and, and some historian teachers will probably laugh at this, but I like the old Socratic debates. I will be controversial. I will teach controversial issues. I have no fear whatsoever about throwing a hand grenade in there, knowing a child will go home and sit at the dinner table and go, Mr. Poland said this today. And then you get the parent who's kind of like, what? He said what? And, and then you get the kind of, whoa. And come parents evening, I will get some parents who recognize that and go, you've caused so many arguments at our dinner table. Do you know what? And, I'm, and they don't realize that I'm doing this on purpose. It's my job. It's my job. Yeah. I am literally trying to be, and it is, it is, I mean, remember what happened to Socrates, you know what happened to Socrates? Okay. <laughs> he got killed because he started <laughs> arguments. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, be careful of Socrates. Don't go too far with it. People might not like you for yeah. it. But that is the method, isn't it? You want to create that connection. You, I want the children to go home. And I want them to do some work at home. I want them to take ownership and responsibility for their lessons. I want them to be in charge of their learning. I want them to have pride in what they know. I want them to make the connection with what they do in classroom and then feel as if, you know what? You know, do you want to know more? Talking to sci-fi, it's that uh, Paul Verhoeven movie, um, Starship Troopers. Do you want to know more? Mm -hmm. I mean, do we want our children to be inquisitive, inquiring, thinking? Do we want them just to be, I've done this, I've done the homework. And I think too often the homework is the chore. Have you done your chores? It's a homework. Mm -hmm. it, it's, And I don't know if we fully, within education at the moment, are selling it properly. Yeah, but, but is it a chore like, like all chores that you do for the greater good? Because your parents give you chores, don't they? My parents gave me chores. And Used they, to. And, and then that, is, that, that then becomes your... Uh, discipline for life, really. Like it? lighting a fire, washing <laughs> dishes. <laughs> lighting the fire is what my obviously says more about your chores than mine. I don't think that was a chore that I had. When I think about it now, seven or eight years old, lighting a fire, a coal fire, yeah. taking the damper, cleaning the ashes out. It was like some sort of Victorian Dickensian <laughs> childhood, I think. I had. Yeah. You know, where you, you'd go out and you'd have to put the coal on and you put the slack on, you'd open the damper and you'd, you'd get the mirror of the sun newspaper, you know. Never forget, I mean, this is talk about childhood memories. You're putting, you know, some newspaper across the, the, the fire to create a draft and you're watching a semi-naked person yeah, going up in smoke. How 1980s is that? Using sun or mirror page three to, to create a fire. I mean, wow, that is, that's kind of aged and dated that, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But do you think now, I think my, my own children, similar age, could you imagine now my own children going anywhere near a fire? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, there's the fire, go light the fire. You'd be like, get away from that. I thought you were going to say, can you imagine your children going to the sun? Well, they, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking right. speaking from a, 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 a supporter of the red half of Merseyside, I've lost a couple of viewers probably now. I think now I know there's two, two blue half of Merseyside in the room. Sorry, guys. Big game coming up soon. Uh, certainly, yeah. I, I think my mother bought it for the bingo. Okay. which always procrastinated into my father until yeah. until certain thing happened and that was the end of that. Mm. But they always got the mirror. And I'm, I'm never forget, I, I, would, I would only been eight, nine, ten years old and I was creating, but that was, you're right, that was my hope of um, gardening. So now I like gardening. I was gardening as a child. Mm. I was given tasks in the household, mm. certain tasks of cleaning, certain tasks of night. And I look at my own children now and I don't ask them to do something. It's the same with the kids in the classroom, well, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I mean, you you sense the uh, the tension in the house today when you walked in because because I'd, I'd asked my daughter to to wash up and then and then and then literally go on to do homework 
So, 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 so the, that that was a kind of that was a major conflict as yeah because I think she managed to do one plate in about five minutes because that, that's the general the general practice is to try and make it last as long as possible to then someone takes over or do what's the theory of doing something really badly so you don't get asked again um, that's the, marriage <laughs> that's, the, that's, the gen, that's the general idea and then um, it's all happening yeah. <laughs> what's the theory of doing something badly you know, yeah. being a husband I was, yeah. I was expecting to say that. <laughs> I was, thinking, I was thinking more of kind of day-to-day kind of duties. Um, but, but the opposite is true. Yeah. I may never forget my deputy. I had teachers to come up to me and they used to give me jobs to do. Mm. And, and he'd be like, why are you giving them? And I was the young, enthusiastic, keen book to prove myself. And mm. a citizenship coordinator. And oh, I look back at me back then. I must have been like a puppy, you know, t- t- you know, running around with his, chasing his tail. And I said to him once, and I says, why do you keep giving me stuff to do? And he says, well, if you want something done, give it to the hands of somebody who's busy. Mm. And it is like when you sort of realise that's your apprenticeship, isn't it? And 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 what we're talking about there is I was given life chores, and that was almost like your apprenticeship in life. And now, I mean, can I light a fire? Yeah, I, t- I take kids on expeditions around the world, and I teach them some life skills. Yeah, well, funny enough, yeah, we we were out camping twelve days in 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 the bush in places like Swaziland, and and I do the Duke of Edinburgh. I love all that outdoor stuff. But I sort of realised that some of the skills that I was given were those skills where my parents entrusted me with tasks to do, yeah. like chores. And so you're right, your synopsis and your theory is correct. Sometimes you have to do the chores. But it's the same as our kids in class, when you put like a, a slide up, you say, I want you to copy that information down. And they look at you funny and they go, what, copy all that down? And, and you're almost like, what? And I have to say to them, look, 60% of what you write, according to the theory, writing is important. You have to be able to write. And writing a list down, and I always convince them, say, when somebody writes a list, they write a list. They don't need the list any longer. In the process of writing the list, and that's the key ingredient. It's the processing power. It's, process, yeah. it's, the, it's going through the process of writing it down. Your brain is having to do something with that information. And that brings us to this, what we're talking about, cheating yeah. and AI. And any sort of quickly doing something without the deeper thought, without the processing, is the risk of what's happening and is the risk of the technology. Yeah. We've kind of known this is coming ever since we've been able to see the internet. Well, well let, the let's, let's see if we can we can do I've got, I've got chats um, GT, GPT open. I think you've, you've never really kind of seen, no, seen, the, seen, I, seen, you, seen it work. You are breaking my chat, okay. chat GTP virginity today, you know? <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, so... Um, I wish I'd kind of brought you flowers or, 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 or made this a bit special if I knew this was the case. Um, so give me something. Do you tell me something that uh, you've set for homework recently? And I'll, I'll, I'll put it in. Let, let's see how quickly, if I was one of your students. Um, let's go top end. So you've got A-level. Uh, I go with I go I go so, with right. Um, my kids are doing at the moment Operation Enduring Freedom. Okay, so, so they're doing all about the success of Operation Enduring Freedom. Okay, so so how would you phrase that question? If you wanted them to go okay. home and do was a the coup- war okay? Was the war on terror against Al Qaeda successful? Okay. What's the war? Oh, that's still for discussion. Okay, okay. So, you read that one. right. You read that. Yeah. So Jenny, Jenny's putting a cracker here. Talk about how angry it. So parents tell me their children are too busy for homework. Seem to have clubs and sports every night. 80s child like me. Yes, you get yeah, you, you, Jenny, you get it. I have brownies once a week, and that was it. Was also given chores as a child, chopping veg, going to the street corner, at the shop, etc. And this is this is true, Jenny. You're absolutely spot on. We we are um we are almost as parents now doing a lot for our children. And it's clubs, around clubs, um, extra enrichment activities. Uh, when I think about it, you know, I had my football team when I was a kid, and I remember getting to the back of a car 
that was like a tiny little Peugeot. And there was seven of us, like seven of us, when you think of it now, seven of us into a car and four, four, four people in the boot. I mean, I always got into the boot because you mean short as I was. But I think about two cars going to a football match loaded with kids. And you think about how did we survive the 1980s and 90s? Seriously, when you think about it. Um, but it's true now that parents, you know, they've got piano practice, they've got dance practice, they've got gymnastics. And again, my own children are like this. The opportunities these children have is, is phenomenal. But I do think, again, is that that is for some children who, again, the parents have the cultural capital. Of course, my children are going to have those opportunities. But I think about me, I didn't have those opportunities because, you know, I grew up in a council estate in the middle of the trouble. And our idea of something diverse was, you know, some burnt out car put in a different place, you know, um, or, you know, what, what could we do to the soldiers and what, what kind of fun could we have with a Chinook helicopter flying overhead? Um, so we didn't have any of those facilities. And I, th I don't think it was much different in England either. We I mean, people working class kids in England back in those days didn't really have as much opportunities. There was the park, there was a lot more play, there was that. There was a lot more play, there was a lot more interaction, there was a lot more of the social pecking order. Um, and again, if you take even some of your, your top footballers and everything else, they would say, you know, they were out, you know, Wayne Rooney was back at the back of a garage playing football as a kid, and he was playing five a side with his mates. Um, you always get some of those, all those, you know, the Mark, Mark Rashford kids, those type of kids were always interacting with people they're always out they're always playing sport they're always doing stuff when you think about it mm -hmm. lewis hamilton his dad took him to what go-karting when he was like a 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. uh rory mcelroy's dad had him playing golf at three yeah. four it's, it's the mozart thing isn't yeah. it so mozart can, was there, playing there, music at four you know yeah, there's a key there isn't there? we, we know that you, um mm. so yeah well so what is your take on what jenny's saying there yes uh, while well, i'm doing my chat gtp yeah. so yeah, so sorry, it's, it's just kind of uh, life today trying trying to do things. But there's definitely an interesting thing with uh, obviously parental support was being mentioned there. So I'm just teaching Brent how to use a chat chat. chat. They just put it in there. So put that put the full question in in that box. For the full, so the full question goes in. So yeah. was the war on terror against Al Qaeda successful? Was the war on terror? Yep. Against um, yeah. So um, it's really interesting because uh, sports sports clubs in particular every night. Uh, a lot of you know I've got a lot of colleagues that do that with their with their children all the time. Um, but ultimately, you know, as a, as a parent, you know, you can decide whether you're going to kind of invest that time in all those things um, all the time. But um, hang on, it's, it's coming through. It's coming through in real live time. Oh my word. That's pretty much what I said to a child at okay. three after so, school. So, 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 so Brent's right. We just just typed it in. So Brent's put in what uh, was the war on terror against Al Qaeda successful? And um, what do you think of the answer that's given? That's, well, I'll give you the answer. It's success of the war on terror against Al Qaeda is a matter of debate and perspective. It's literally exactly what I said. Yeah. It's open for I said that it's yeah. open for debate. Now I didn't plan that. No. And literally, that's come up with what I said myself that the war on terror is still up for debate. Well, of course, it's history, so things always are. But no one had Al Qaeda's launch. Al Qaeda's ability to launch large-scale devastating attack had greatly diminished, and several key leaders have been captured or killed. Yep, Mullah Omar. Laden. On the other hand, the group had adapted and dispersed and continued to pose a threat in different regions around the world. Additionally, the war on terror had a number of unintended consequences, including the rise of other extremist groups, ISIS. doesn't mention that, but I could fill in that. Wow, this is... Whoa. Hello, Eureka. I've discovered fire. Man invent wheel. That is phenomenal. I have to say, that is literally uh, a conclusion that I would get a child to write 
And that was a question that they were asking me the other day. It's a 16 mark question mm. at GCSE. That's the top end question that separates out your highest levels. Mm. So in real time, that is, I had that conversation with a student who is a level nine student who wants to go to Cambridge at Stroke Oxford uh, to study biomedical sciences, not history for some reason, but they love history because they, they want me to teach them history for some, but they're not taking any further. So they're breaking my heart. And that was literally the conversation I had. And after school, they come in, they come to me after school for a little bit of literally this yeah. deeper, deeper thought conversation, a cup of tea, how things going. And that literally was the conversation I had with that child, which was, and she was trying to write her, her essay, which was um, her big essay style question, basically get her to, to you know, what would I call it? Uh, predict the question and then write her sort of model answer. So I was getting into model and answer and I, I was then helping them create the model answer of, and that was the deeper question then was, how do we think? Did Al Qaeda succeed? Did Bush succeed? Did the, and and literally that conversation took twenty minutes with the child and, and to come round to what it's done. What took us twenty minutes? It's just done in a matter of right. what. So, so so here's the question. Though. Scary. So here's the question. Though. Scary. What if if children can just do this? Um, a is there anything wrong with that? And B kind of what do we then need to do as teachers because they can just grab that. Now, I don't think. In terms of what we were saying earlier about our role, we still need to do some teaching there, don't we? Because they, they can't just grab that. I mean, they could literally, in terms of, it depends on how the homework was set. If that was set as homework and they've just copied and pasted it in and the teacher ticks it and moves on. But that child wouldn't have had that 20-minute conversation with me. That is only rich. It would only be rich enough for that child to access and understand the nuance in it. Hmm. I mean, you notice what I, what I was able to do there is that I didn't read that out word for word. I inserted in, haha, I inserted in some of the more specific details. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll read it back again. So yeah. what I'll do is I, yeah. I, I, will, I will evaluate this by improving it and read out its yeah. version. And then I will read out how I would improve upon yeah. that because it's a good start. But that's the thing. It's a, it's, it, it's a good start. It's a, skeleton. Yeah. It, it's, it's a good, it's a good time saver. Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't have the ability for to pull in i think the level of expertise that someone like right. i have so yeah. watch it says the success of the war on terror against al-qaeda is a matter of debate and perspective i would say i'd improve that by saying the success of war on terror against al-qaeda is a matter of debate and perspective and it depends on your interpretation as the success and failure against its original criteria of defeating global terrorism so that's how i'd improve that Al-Qaeda's ability to launch large-scale devastating attacks have been greatly diminished. This is true. America was never attacked after 9-11. I'd add that in. Uh, several key leaders, I would then add in, uh, Mullah Omar, uh, Osama bin Laden, uh, were, were captured or killed. And then it goes, on the other hand, and that is very clever, because we always teach our children to use on the other hand. And on the other hand is your balancing act, and the other hand is the however, yeah. which shows shows balance. So that is brilliant that it's done that, because that's one of the key key skills we teach our children to show, to use that phrase. On the other hand, the group has adapted and dispersed. That's true. Uh, I would again add into that, it is adapted and dispersed using modern technology and diversified. Um, and it continues to pose a threat in different regions. I wouldn't use different regions. I would have said it continues to pose a threat in uh, Arab regions, is particularly um, Syria and Iraq. So again, it's given me words like different regions. I would want my student to be that more specific, if that makes sense, around the world. Additionally, the war on terror had a number of unintended consequences. That's beautiful. That's that's perfect because I have taught them what unintended consequences of causality, including the rise of other extremist groups. But again, it gives you 
the rise of other extremist groups, I would therefore be saying actually um, it morphed into ISIL or ISIS and destabilization of countries like Iraq and Afghanistan. That's excellent because that's literally 101. So I have, if a student handed that up to me, what I've just gone and done there is I would have said that that's a good piece of work. But to make it better, I would have wanted more specific yeah. factual knowledge rather than using the, yeah. the so, so, so here's a question. Could you use that? Could you literally say, say to kids, almost acknowledge the fact that they could use this software and could, inverted commas, cheat? Here's some, So as a homework, you could say, here's something that chat GPT has done. Evaluate. I want you to improve on it. Yeah. So therefore, you're basically taking the thunder away from them. You're basically saying, hey, kids, I know you're going to cheat. You're acknowledging yeah. that. However, I'm saying to you, this isn't good enough. So here's what you'll get from the software. What I want you to do is to interpret that or to do something else with it. And therefore, that has to be unique. And that is the essence of what we do. We had Mr. Metacognition on there the yeah. other week, is that humans have to create that, that, that time, that conversation I have. And that's why that question is obviously in my head, because that, that very high-functioning student asked me a very deep question, which challenged her and challenged me. And that connection then between the student to the teacher was made very, very clear then. And what also was clear is that she went off and thought about it, but I also went off and thought about it. Mm. And that's the engagement. Chatbot didn't do that. There's no emotional connection between Hello, chatbot. No, there's no emotional connection between me and chatbot here. Yeah, it's, you, it, it's not a chat. It doesn't have, it doesn't have yeah. but equally, it doesn't have that smile on, on her face when after 20 minutes her teacher spent that time. Yeah. But remember, she came after school along with other students to have that experience of engaging with a teacher. Um, I didn't ask, that's homework. Now, that I didn't set that as homework. I leave it as optional. They come and they get a hot chocolate, a cup of tea. And why I do that is sometimes just to have a conversation with them, to make that emotional connection. But this child decided that they wanted to do a bit of work while also having this deep conversation, something bugging them, like, did they defeat the war? Did the war on terror get won? And I tell you, it got Orwellian because her and I were then discussing the war on terror. Well, actually, sir, war is terror. And terror is war. Could you ever defeat a war on terror? And says, well, it's like war on drugs. I mean, it's like a war on anything. Mm. Um, the, these politicians make these statements like that. And that, again, drove us off to a slightly different direction. So the chatbot, that's very good. It's, I, I have to say I'm very impressed with it. Mm. But you don't get that engagement. You don't get that connection. But, the, but is that any different to um, how I would have used kind of Encarta or how someone before that would have gone to the library and got a book? And, and copied a block, a block of text. Is there is there any kind of key difference with this software and something That's else? That's easier. Yeah. And the problem with that is, is that... Well, well, it's easier because we now know how to do... You know, our, our skill set has changed, hasn't it? Right, but, I, but, but this this question, I can dissect because I have, the, I have the ability to dissect it because I know what unintended consequences are. Yeah. If you, if, if you give this to a child, I equate this to when a child copied and pasted it off Wikipedia. And I used to, used to get this with homework about 10 years ago. We stopped doing, I used to get the children to do, you know, research act activities mm. and, and come in and, you know, and they create, you know, um, a montage or they create stuff at home. And I used to say, I'm a geography exam, it's, it's a geography homework, it's said, go and find out about a country. And I used to get a kid coming in and what they'd do is they'd, they'd have, they'd have the, the hotel entry. And it's like, oh, thanks very much for telling me how much this country's cost to visit. So we used to get like design of safari leaf for, for South Africa. And before you know it, some, some of the kids, and I will be gender specific, it was usually the boys last minute.com. 
of which well, I would say I would be the same. Teachers give me this leaflet to go off and find out about South Africa. What I've gone and done? Right click, left click, job done, copy yeah. and paste. And and the thing was they didn't even think about it that much. They just did it. And it, when I was having this conversation about this actual thing today, and I I, I told the kids about chatbot, uh, year eights. Mm-hmm. I said, "This is this is chatbot thing that can do your, your homework for you." There's a boy sitting in the front front row, and he just smiled. And I was literally having a conversation with them about the industrial revolution because what I was trying to do is say. During the Industrial Revolution, you had the Luddites who turn around and says, you know, let's break up these machines. Mm. And this is where they might train a thought like, let's break up these machines because they're going to destroy our work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, we're not going to be labor intensive any longer. These mm-hmm. machines are doing the work of how many people? Of course, people feared that and they went, oh, they went, you know, and we had the societal change. Yeah. It's the same with this. I was telling them, do you not realize that? We've, had, we've had it recently. Automation. I guess when we were at school, this was the peers with the calculator, wasn't it? Well, do you remember that kind of... Well, of course, that, you're that, not going to walk around with a calculator in your pocket. We were told by man's teachers, but of course, we are walking around with a calculator well, we, on mobile we, phone. We were when we realised we could write words on it and turn it upside down. Yes, yes. Eight, eight, zero, zero, eight. Yes, I know. We, we've all done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've all been there. Um, but the, here's the thing, is that it, it, things come in cycles and people worry about the, fu- worry about the future. And, I, and I'm, I'm finding myself being a bit of a Luddite. But sort of res- not resisting it. I just Attrici- worry. Attritionist. I just, I, well, I, I just, I just worry that there is a switching off of the critical thinking and switching off of the brain power, which makes us lazy. And that's the theme. Of what I'm trying to say is, that I had to work hard for my work hard for my um, knowledge. I had to work hard for my skills. I had to put the time in. What did they say? Ten thousand hours is the average world champion in any sport or any music. So you talk mastery. Talk about mastering something. People have to put the time and effort in. You just can't be given stuff so easy because your brain just doesn't work for it. And if your brain doesn't work for it, it doesn't get used to working for it and becomes kind of slave. I mean, that's the theme of the movie Dune. Do you ever read Dune, um, Frank Herbert's Dune? Yeah. So the, the Frank Herbert's Dune is um, human beings have evolved. Is that from the films? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, all, the, all, the, all the TV series. Well, the, 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 it jumps forward like 10,000 years yeah. where human beings have done away with technology, mm. the, the, the computers. They have human computers called Mentats. Yeah. And the whole idea there is, is that they're thinking computers and they use this they use this drug to enhance their, their human abilities. Mm. Because in that universe Frank Herbert created in the sixties, seventies, I think it was, um, human beings have become so subservient to machines mm. that they've lost the ability to think for themselves. And the machines actually again this well, is well, Brave New World covers a oh, similar, well, similar it's copy, So many dystopian yeah, 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 like yeah. man has become so slavish to the machine yeah. that the machine is now replacing that. That's that's Blade Runner, isn't it? Yeah. Um that's that Blade Runner which made me think of um Rutger Harris moment in Blade Runner, you yeah, know, yeah. how many if it's something like this replaces us, um, is that scene at the very end when Rutger Hauer's turn and says, you know, why he's a four-year lifespan and he's seen this, the, the flames of, of Saturn fire up like mm. that and he says, all oh, my memories will be lost like mm. tears in the rain. He actually ad-libbed that line. So we are in sci-fi land and if we're not careful, all those sci-fi sort of things become the reality of human beings become slavish to computers, slavish to technology, which makes us almost switch off our critical thing. And I know Tom took this earlier on in the week and, and, and like me, had this eureka moment of, oh, this is amazing. And somebody was being a bit sort of um, pushy on him about, well, how do you know where the source of the information's come? Where's the source of this? Where's where's the evidence for this? And that did make me think a little bit. And it was it was a bit of a comment that I didn't fully agree with the tone of it, but I did agree with the sentiment of it, of like, where has that come from? Where's Chatbot got this information well, from? Well, well, as, as far as far as I'm aware, because we had this conversation. Actually, I, I, I talked my head in depth about it about because I, I did a demo for him. I did two demos. I did one to to um, do a resource. Um, so I took a transcript from a YouTube video and said, 
a chatbot make me 10 multiple choice questions. So I did it from a kind of teaching resource point of view. Uh, but I also just showed him very quickly how I could uh, copy and paste a criteria from BTEC um, into the chatbot. So it just give me the answer uh, straight away um, just so he was aware of kind of what was going on. Uh, my thinking is, is from what I've, what I've read of this, is that it's just pulling it from different databases. Um, so anything that's kind of open source, anything that's kind of been generated before as an answer to that, that's out on the web or is out in the kind of mm. world, is pulling all of that together to think what are the kind of common things that are used with this. Um, in terms of... Uh, so that would be called, in historical terms, we call that the narrative, basically. That's your... Yeah. But the problem I have with saying the narrative general, is... Generalities. <laughs> you yeah, see, yeah. my problem with the narrative is the world was once the narrative was the world was once flat. Mm. So if it was gonna, if you had medieval, if you had medieval chatbot, Catholic Church medieval chatbot, the world is flat and yeah. the universe is not what we think. Yeah, yeah. And Galileo was the one, you know. Like, yeah. So, so it exists within its current paradigm of of current thinking. So I guess I guess that'd be interesting to know, you know, if it if it evolves. Uh, we just got a question, got a point here from uh, Paul Foss, um, back deep down in year three. Um, and it's the idea of the the I am now finished mentality yeah. um, and how quick the quick kind of homework is. And we kind of mentioned that for the extrinsically motivated learner, this yeah. is the quick win. Uh, that's what we think. That's what we we're kind of thinking earlier. We? This is the quick win. I've done homework. I parked it. I'm not getting detention theory. So I'm, I'm avoiding the, the stick, as it were. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting the carrots either. Yeah. But I'm avoiding. So I'm not getting any carrots. But I'm avoiding the detention because my. It could be. And again, I'm just throwing that out there. Teacher's got year seven, thirty-five kids. You know, he uh, he. Uh, they are really kind of against it in terms of time. Can they quickly, you know, look through all of these kind of pastures? or or is it kind of a quick flick to see who has done homework? But it's not back to that thing of we are such quantity mm. quantity um society now you know how many kids you've got to teach how much you've got to do this how much yeah. you've got to do that and i think the quality is not there that depth is not there the superficial yeah and and, and, and for me i use the quote with that we have a, a lot of children now who are information rich and knowledge poor so they have access to a lot of information but they don't retain it they don't need to retain it um, I was joking the other day saying I used to have to memorize phone numbers. Mm. I used to have to memorize phone numbers because you, you didn't know other storage device. So you knew your grandmother's number, you knew your mother's number, your father's number, your best friend's number. And of course, you start have relationships with girls um, or boys um, or both or God knows. Um, you just, you, you memorized those numbers, didn't you? And you had to go up to a telephone box and whack those numbers in. And you, you started off by writing them on a piece of paper, but then, you know, you held that knowledge in your head. I still got my grandmother's phone number in my head. And, and I was reflecting on this the other day about my, my French teacher. I did a French cover lesson. And I was still able to remember my French lessons from 1994. And I was like, why? How? How is that possible yeah. that I still remember my French lessons from 1994? Because my French teacher basically ensured there was no shortcuts. You did not. The most naughtiest kid in class worked in her lessons. Yeah. And whether you liked it or whether you didn't, there was no shortcuts because she was just primarily a French teacher. And think about it, I had her for five years. That was the other thing. I had the same French teacher for five years. She, nobody got out to go to the toilet. There was no answering back. There was no arguing. And this is a state secondary school with children, you know, I mean, working class kids. It, you know, we were told, I would say we were well behaved, but we were, she broke us. 
She absolutely <laughs> broke us. But the, she was there for the fight. That was the thing. She never looked under pressure. We didn't. We didn't. We we accepted what she did, and and routines were there, structures were there, and I think, oh my gosh, I even remember chanting, you know, Ale Devne Revne Mete Niri Merte. I I'm like with an Irish accent, which is hilarious. I imagine a full room full of people with my accent shouting bonjour so that. But I walked into a French lesson the other day, and I did the, did the cover lesson, and I said to the kids, "Could you know um, one of them wanted to go to the toilet?" I says, "In French, please." And you're nine, and they looked at me and went, "We can't do that." What do you mean you can't do that? You're you're nine French. You want to go to the toilet? You're asking me to go to the toilet. Then it was open the window, French, please, open the window. And they looked at me and go, and I said to the French teacher, and they're brilliant. Don't get me wrong, I'm not having a go at them whatsoever. But like, no, the kids aren't like that now. In in other words, they they don't retain it. They don't they don't have to retain it. Whereas we learned it. I think we learned it. We had to learn it. We had to. In, we almost had to be ingrained in our DNA. And I think I think schools now are in danger of just if we rely on the technology too much. I think we lose the the art of schooling, of schooling somebody. When you think about what schooling is, to school somebody is a bit like I equate to the football manager of training up. And I remember my football coach drill, drill, drill. My football coach was drilling us to a extent where I could take over. I'm teaching my own child now how to play football. Well, how am I able to do that? Because the guy that taught me, I can pass that on. But I had that connection with the guy that taught me. If some Android taught me how to play football, mm. I wouldn't have the same. Or if some online system. And don't get me wrong, watching YouTube clips about how to train people is useful. Yeah. But I don't think it ever replaces that human interaction. But you still need the coach, don't you? You, you? I think you still need that. Well, we know, don't we? Because technology's gotten very good at the motivation in terms of, you know, if, you want, if, you're, if you're gamifying something, like my, both my children play Roblox, and they, they get very addicted to it because it's constantly giving that... Uh, feedback loop, the likes, the thumbs up, the hearts dance off the page as you're doing it. Um, so I think it's probably where we got where we got to the online teaching wrong in in terms of technology is we weren't doing that kind of dozen hearts flying all over the place and yeah. and, and thumbs. We were just literally almost videoing ourselves just sat there. Yeah, as kind of, kind of depressed middle-aged men just staring at a, a kind of monitor. Whereas if we had it like a game, and you can imagine almost like Roblox or Minecraft, something hearts flying all over the screen. Yeah. You think about the, what the kids are playing and how they're generating that kind of feedback. If there's a way of getting education like that, maybe yeah, the the human could be replaced in terms of motivation. But currently, the you still I think you're still reliant on and my children still are. Uh, the buzz that my daughter gets from the teachers coming home the other day and say, "Oh, the teacher said this. She yeah. really liked my poem." It does still mean the world to oh, them, e- even with all the technology and everything else. Is they still like that? But human for me, that chatbot robs that moment. It robs that glory, the glorious moment, doesn't it? And it robs you of that emotional connection. It ro- robs you of that eureka moment, doesn't it? It robs you of that key sort of thing. That that success. Because it's, I think it's the, it can steal success. It's not you that's doing that. I think there's a pride element there. Yeah. I think that's been lost a lot of the work. Um, you know, where I'm proud of what I did. Or I, I, I've created something. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the, you know, we, you and I read a lot about the constructivist teaching, yeah. about going off and making something and being creative. But again, this has been done to us. I think a lot of this is that we naturally, we teachers would want to teach more the way we would want to teach. But I think we're shackled. A lot of it now is, and I find myself having this shackling effect of underlying the day's date. You know, I said that recently, and somebody's like, 
inspirational in the classroom, great, yeah. Kids are going to remember me now for telling them to underline a date in a piece of paper when they won't be using paper. And Ofsted's going to be checking my books. Why aren't they checking my laptops? Because, you know, why are they checking the books? Because it's so archaic. Some of the work, in one way, we've got this technology pulling us one way. But weirdly, what we're asked to school, do in school is so beyond old school. It's kind of like where we were. And I, and I think the two systems aren't matched up. And it's the same with homework. So looking at Patty, let's look at some of the action research, because I know that uh, I like my I like my action research and I love I love tying the threads together. And and there's a lot of things about, about homework that we thought would be in, important to sort of have the conversation about. Um, and we see this is this thing about Cambridge University saying is warned there's no point in banning chatbot because the artificial intelligent chatbot is capable of writing convincing essays. Some of the universities say it's already tried to ban the technology with students already accusing it of incomplete assignments. Um, so we are already that that ship is sailed, hmm. which now means if it's, it's we can't ban chatbot, you've got to find a way to measure people's ability. Yeah, and I think that means going deeper. And that means that means that we need to change. We need to evolve and change what we're asking our children yeah. to do. Because it's no point in saying to the children, "Want you go off and, and, and write me an essay," when this thing can change, write me the essay for you. What, why am I asking the child to do something? Because then the other aspect is, what happens if the child's not got the laptop? What happens if the child's the ship is sealed? Is what do, I'm do, saying. Do you think the, the the worry for me though is the kind of knee jerk reaction is to say, "Let's ban coursework," for example, because see, that, therefore we can't trust go, it. So, 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 we, so we end up back to this exam thing, again, which we know is a problem already. We should never ban coursework. What we could have done with coursework is, is we could have done the, we did the control conditions. Mm. So we used to have the control conditions coursework where you had a kind of hybrid of, there was coursework that was done in class yeah, yeah. and the control conditions. And I remember it was the hardest thing in the world. Well, loads, loads do it. I mean, I, I, I do control for uh, unit two, unit six, unit seven for BTEC business. Mm. Um, OCR, iMedia, Creative iMedia as well that I teach also has very quite strict controls in terms of they can't do work from home. It has to be done in the classroom. Mm. Uh, there's strict rules on referencing and plagiarism and that type of yeah. thing. Um, so it, it does. It does already exist. So chat, well, turn it in, don't you? All assignments have well, to be well, done. Well, right, well, turn actually, it in, don't they? The, the chatbot have actually released uh, Chat GPT have actually released an app um, that can check how human. <laughs> I think this is how they said how, how human their response, the response is. Um, so if it's too generated or mm. too robotic, it will, it will flag, but you can only do it at like a thousand words. So you couldn't do like a whole assignment or a whole dissertation on that. But we're, we're talking kind of, you know, way out, way, yeah. way out here. But I think the general theme was, does it feed into, um, the extrinsic, get out of the way, job done, tick the box, homework. Yeah. And can... How kind of worried are teachers, or how worried are you about that? Really, I mean, I, I think it's a useful too. I suppose one aspect of me is saying, is the child going to go home and do the task? At least they're actually going home and could do the yeah. task. So, so there's a value in that in itself. There's a value in it because itself because they're still spending yeah. time thinking of the question, and maybe they value the fact that they need to do it. So there is an element of okay, yeah. at least they've gone and done it, and at least they've asked the right question, and at least maybe they've read it. But the problem is the translation of it. I can access that answer and I could dissect that answer because I have the ability to do that. Yeah. But I got the ability to do that because I didn't just go to street. I wouldn't go to chatbot. I'd be cross-referencing that information with other information. In fact, why I was able to do that is because I used my own existing knowledge. Like yeah. it's what I do with sources, what yeah. I said to the children. Yeah. When I give them sources straight off, 
sometimes they can't access those sources yeah. because they've got no knowledge. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we, we historians give the students sources is a test of their knowledge. Yeah. If, and and you can, they, can, they can do two ways to do it. They've got good knowledge and they can dissect the source using their knowledge. Yeah. Or the other way is that the source itself becomes the sort of the, the signpost to locking in their knowledge. That yeah. makes sense. I can extract knowledge from a source yeah. and then figure things out. Or I can go the other way. Or I can bounce off my knowledge off the source yeah. to ascertain its, its kind of its impartiality, yeah. its, 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 its what context yeah. it is. But what happens when the child is looking at a source and they've got no knowledge? Yeah, but you're but with with respect, you're already in as that concept flow theory says. You're already in flow, aren't you? Oh, of course. You're yeah. you're already kind of self-converted. Self, self, yeah, you're, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already kind of motivated in, in the sense of doing this. So let's rewind. What do you think made you motivated to continue on this path of self-discovery? Curiosity. Uh, Where does that come from then? But that, that came from that came from early childhood. That yeah. came from that kind of uh, again watching documentaries, asking questions, being curious, constantly inquiring. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's where it comes from. It comes from that ability. But also, I I want to know more. I like knowing more. I like sharing knowledge. I like okay, the okay. Let's, let's at, at the dinner table. I, I've hypothesized this. I got interaction at the dinner table yeah. from parents, although working class, had opinions. Yeah. Oh my, they still have. My dad's been to the University <laughs> of Life. He's got a PH, PhD in no allness, honest to goodness. But that's the difference. Is yeah. that my, my dad? My, I had that 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 ability. But the two parents sitting there at the dinner table going, I never forget watching the news, watching current affairs programs. And I was thinking about that recently. My children watch whatever they want to watch on television. Mm. I didn't get to choose that. I was subjected to whatever was on television. It was the Cook Report. I mean, why have my children watching the Cook Report yeah. now? Or, you know, Panorama at seven or eight years yeah. old. Or talking about, you know, and this, this is, I had a child said to me recently, and he came up at 13 years old, and went, Sir, tell me what's going on with Armenia and Nagorno Karabakh. And I swear, I don't mind God, I nearly, I nearly got the pom poms out yeah. of the cheerleaders' dance because there's a child that's come to me who's watching what's going on in the world and is asking a question. Yeah. And for me, that's the key thing. That's that's the sage aspect of you want my wisdom. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I wanted to be wise. I wanted to know more. I was curious. Yeah. And I think that's been knocked out of our yeah. children a little bit. But, I think but, now but, but that's functional. Yeah. Job done. Tick a box. Move yeah. on. But that was encouraged by your parents at home. So let so let's say let's let's, let's say your parents, um, for lots of reasons, couldn't do that. They don't feel they have the knowledge to do that. Uh, they fight. They've got some issues themselves. They're as as we know from a lot of parents, they might be within the gig economy. They're working yeah. all the hours. God yeah. sends. You know, a child unfortunately is moved from uncles to aunties just to just yeah. for, just for just for childcare does here's, a, here's another question does homework replace that or can it replace that for children who don't have that cultural capital at home um for whatever reason yes if to a certain extent if they actually go and do the task yeah but the problem might be is that child is less likely to do that task because that child is probably less likely to see the value in that task, and that child is most likely not to have the structure and organisation okay. and routines in okay. place so that, so to that, do that. Okay, so therefore, if we had a homework club for those children, does that become homework, or does it just become an extension of learning at a school? So therefore, they never really do the independence themselves. Correct. Or is it, yeah. And therefore, schools can do that. Wrap around, wrap around care. Yeah. They, you, you can replace the parent to a certain extent, which some schools are becoming the yeah. surrogate parent. 
because you know, primary schools were saying but that do, recently, do, weren't do, they? Yeah, but does that extend doing more? Yeah, yeah, just to get back to homework, is that extending the lesson or is that actually homework? Because if, if we're looking at homework and we're thinking about homework is that thing of making you an independent, curious person, mm. is moving the lesson to the library or to the pastoral office, wherever you want to do your extended extended time, is that really homework or is it just a kind of extension of the classroom? And therefore you never really mm. get that inquiry. And again, you could it could lead to a point of a child thinking, well, this is just another bit of lesson. So therefore I'm, I'm going through the same loop, same essential process of me waiting for the teacher to tell me what to do, then me do it. Whereas yeah. I'm never really kind of doing that uh, inquiry or research or having the conversation. I would prefer, I mean, this is the thing of the intrinsic, I'd prefer that the child wants to go off and, and if I've created the environment, created the culture and the, the, cl the climate of the culture correctly, I'd want the child to be curious. And that's again where we, we the expert teacher comes in. I mean, chatbot's very useful mm. if you've got the right question. That was a really good question I asked it, but yeah. I only asked that because I could, I could figure out that question if that yeah. makes sense. So it's like everything else, it's like YouTube. YouTube could be a very useful too to learn things on, to watch documentaries on, or YouTube is a place where you can go watch things you don't want. TikTok's the same. I mean, there was that thing said recently about kids are learning a lot on TikTok. Yeah, they are. Well, of course they are. But I had a question. What are they? But this is the television. When I was told I was a child, oh, you know, we don't want kids watching these movies, this, that, the art. Yeah, I love watching my movies. And like I say, I, I take a lot from sci-fi. And that's the thing. I, I, I didn't watch a movie just to be entertained. I watch a movie sometimes because I want to think about it. Cool, yeah. and, I, and I think about that now. And that, again, it's it's kind of the code word hidden within things. But again, I'm, I was maybe trained to have that because I, I didn't just watch the movie. I remember sitting in my grandmother's house. No, Everybody talked all the way through movies in our household. Is that, is that, is that true? Is that, is that, nobody sat there silently. There was always a commentary. Well, it was interesting kind of the, the, other, the other night because uh, my youngest daughter is now guides. Um, she should get back till five past nine, which mm -hmm. is outrageous, I think, for a ten-year-old. Anyway, in my, my personal opinion, sorry guys, but I think it's, <laughs> it needs to be a bit earlier for me, really, more than anything. I know Brent. Try, I, I try and call Brent on a, on a Wednesday. I'm saying I'm doing dad's pickup at uh, at nine o'clock at night, so I'm trying to you know pick up a ten-year-old. Um, but obviously, she gets in and she's wired, as you can imagine. So she needs a bit of kind of downtime. Um, so the other day we were sat watching watching TV. Me and my wife were talking. And um, about half past nine, she she went to us. Um, Do you mind not talking? I'm trying to watch this. I was like, well, hang on a minute. You shouldn't really be up in the up in the first place, anyway. <laughs> so, so we we are going we are going to talk, and uh, yeah. So yeah, houses can be noisy, and, and that's the other thing that we haven't really mentioned about homework. You know, is the house ever the right place, or should the house be a place for study, or should a house be for living? Um, you know, mental health, mindset, you know, uh, mindfulness. Well, that's what I mean. How yeah. it should be about about teaching lessons. Parents should be teaching lessons. Mm. And, and, and and again, I'm not being judgy critical of parents. I mean, I, I had two good parents yeah. who took it as their responsibility. Their their take was, you know, they do their bit. The, school, the schools do their bit. Yeah. And I'm quite lucky in that aspect. I yeah. mean, I might have been economically poor, yeah, this is, but family this, this, rich, this is, you know. This is a teacher versus parents no, chat. But, but, we, we understand that, yeah. But society has changed yeah. and evolved, yeah. and some of that is, is positive, and some of it is very positive, and some of it is extremely negative. Mm. And I think the time aspect, and again, COVID, I think, um, what we saw during COVID was parents had to sit down with children and actually have engaged and have a conversation. 
And I saw some positives out of that, especially some children with um, special needs yeah. and, and learning difficulties. Some of them thrived during COVID because they got, um, well, they, they, they kind of got that one-to-one that you don't always get in a class full of 30. Yeah. And again, the tasks I used to set was, I mean, I find myself giving my lessons home, but what I ended up doing was I ended up narrating them. So I ended up putting audio notes on my PowerPoints. So I'd give the kids a yeah, PowerPoint, I'd put an audio note, PowerPoint, an audio note, PowerPoint, audio note. I started doing podcasts. And an interesting thing is I realized some of the kids listened to my, my podcast. Mm. And, I, and again, it was one of the students said to me the other day, and I, I was doing a one-to-one session, doing a catch-up session. And he genuinely, and I was about to say, let's all do this, this, this. And he just, he, he was so honest and he says, I just don't know how to study. And I says, what do you mean? He goes, too many distractions. And he actually admitted he came behind after school to go to this catch-up session with me because he wanted the one-to-one time. Yeah. And, course, that, yeah. and that's the thing that was more important to him. So I, I chucked out the window of the exam technique and everything else and just had a conversation for 45 minutes. Mm. How do you feel? What's wrong with your learning? Why is it you can't study? Okay, there's too many distractions at home. Where would you want to study? I'm coming here to be able to study because I know if I'm here, I can do the work. And then I sort of realized that this child is surrounded by so many different things going on mm. that there isn't that setup for them that they are kind of competing against the modern world. And therefore he's admitting that the modern world is winning and him focusing on his learning is coming secondary. And I says, well, what's what's the problem with that? And I drilled down to it. He was told when he was younger that his stats were really good and he was gonna have high GCSEs. Mm. And I think to myself, what we've created there is a student who doesn't think they're clever enough because by some criteria measured when he was 10 years old, he was expected to do really well. And then constantly told you should be doing better than you really were. I think there, what happened really is that student lost his motivation, not his ability to learn, but has kind of lost his, his motivation. And and that's the thing is that I sort of, I sort of thought myself was, was he needed what AI couldn't do. AI can't sit down and diagnose and have the one-to-one human thing or equally change the plan. Others might have stuck to the plan what I was going to do in this catch-up session, but I felt it was more important to drill into, diagnose the issue, find out what's what's going wrong. And, and as he walked out of the classroom, there's a big smile on his face because he's offloaded. He's had that opportunity. But that only came about because that was homework. He didn't have to. He volunteered. Yeah. He didn't do it. Brought so he stayed behind after school and he volunteered to stay behind after school. So that's, for me, that's classified as homework. He was willing to stay behind and have a, a conversation with his teacher and help. But that's also an admission that, that he himself is admitting that he wants to study. He wants to do well. He just doesn't know how. Yeah. And, and and again, because of the world we live in now, he sort of, nobody sat down yeah. and says, here's how to study. Well, here's, well, here's how to learn. Well, do, do we ever actually tell students how to do homework? No. Do we, actually, do we, we organically just, assume <laughs> they're going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, brilliant. So, um, Mark, we're going we're to have a break for the news and uh, have a quick, quick Quick brew brunt, I know you're kind of keen on your tea. Um, so we've tried a tweet from uh, Mark Tweets, which is, uh, he's saying, Axe homework. Um, he, he says, completely agree with no homework. I don't um, care what previous generation did. Schoolwork at school, uh, once the day has ended, get into sports, arts, activities, follow their passions. Um, but, but I will say that... In, agree in, and disagree. In, yeah, because some of my passions have actually come from Studying, you know, and we, and we mentioned before. What I'd say to Mark is if Mark then reclassifies, if I reclassify homework as I want you to go off and watch a documentary, I want you to go off and create something, I want you to go off and do some music for me. If I said your homework was that broad learning activity, 
rather than just a worksheet or mm. a set of tasks. I, th- I would agree. I think that's. I think we're on the same page in that. I think the idea of slavishly sitting down and doing a task for the sake of doing a task to tick a box. Absolutely, completely agree. There's got to be something in what we're asking them to do of value. And, and Hattie, and again, all the action research says that it's that. Um, I think at secondary school, it's zero point six nine. Yeah, well, we'll go. We'll go. We'll, we'll, go do, we'll, quick, we'll, we'll, we'll do a deep dive. We'll in, do a in, quick in, Hattie in deep thing. dive. Yeah, okay, cool. So here's here's the news, and uh, we'll catch you back in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> is that how long it is? Let's always, it always seems long. Let's let Chatbot do the news. Yeah. Chatbot, do the news. Chatbot. Chatbot, do my marking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're stalling it again because we're waiting for the news to load, which is kind of where we are today. I don't know what, what's happened to the computers. Maybe this is when Brent's computer fails. Go on, oh. you, you've got this. Is it starting? Do this. But if, if if not, while well, we're kind of just waiting for the... Well, in the oh, news it... this week... In, in, in <laughs> you're going to do, you're week, do the whole news. <laughs> there was a strike. Um, What's was, what? There was a strike. Uh, also in the news this week, we have um, education is not as good as it should be. And, <laughs> <laughs> and two middle-aged guys don't want to do their homework. Yeah. I mean, chat well, well, Yeah, two, two middle-aged guys try and find their way through a radio show. <laughs> it, 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 without... Anyway, has anyone noticed... Um, just for, just while we're waiting for the news, because here's, here's a point that we, I think you were just you were just trying to make about um, is it is the branding just wrong? Is homework branding wrong? Is it, yeah. is, is, is that the problem? Because um, because I know at my previous school we had a whole debate about do we call it out of hours learning, out of school learning, um, homework? Um, what, what what should it what should it be called? Because um, it has homework just got a bad press. So, so that's therefore it should be should be called something else. Anyway. I, think, I think the thing is, is it's, it's that sort of um, that hark sink moment of school for school, home for home. Mm. And I think it's about learning. I think we call it extra learning, extra learning opportunities, enrichment activities, which is what um, Mark Tweets was saying. Yeah. You know, I'm all for enrichment. Again, during COVID, there's the whole thing about the government saying the schools were closed. And like, whoa, whoa does that mean learning stopped? Absolutely not. And like we were saying, it's the very start, you know, I, I learned a lot from the chores as a child. I learned a lot from from adults, from being asked to do adult tasks that were, now I wouldn't ask my own children to do it. I think we rob our children, I think that's it. We rob our children of opportunities to learn because we only think the learning happens at school. And I think there's that responsibility of, I'm the gatekeeper of the children's learning. And again, it goes back to this idea of the child doesn't do well, teachers to blame. Actually, the child must take responsibility and ownership. It's, like, it's my brain. It's my future. It's my. It's my. It's my learning activities. I think there's there's a little bit of we we must imbue the children with that responsibility. Better yourself, and that's really what it is. Go off and better yourself. Do you want to be a better learner? Do you want to get a better job? Do you want to enjoy what you do? I think we've got to get them to buy in. So you're right about the marketing. If you turn around and say, "I want you to do homework," it's not as good as turn around and saying, "I want you to go off and create something." I want you to go off and find something out. Yeah. And it's got to be that tasks that we have to set have to be meaningful. They have to be bought into. They have to want to invest the time. And that's what that boy was saying to me is there's so many other things out there competing for their time. Why would they invest the time in doing something where they don't think there's any value to it? And it's all, and it's the same goes for the classroom tasks. If our tasks are so meaningless and so soulless and so lack of kind of, it's chatbot, GTG, I'm just asking a question rather than asking it the right question. 
And that means it's only as good. I think chat, that chatbot is only as good as the person in putting the question into it because the question they're going to ask is not going to have that depth because they don't have that depth. And a bit like your TikTok, I could watch TikTok and end up go looking at some of the more interesting stuff or educational stuff. I could go on there and look at Capcom number three. Don't get me wrong, because some of the stuff might be funny. Mm. But I think a lot of our children are aimlessly spending their time in the wrong areas of the internet and in the wrong areas, learning the wrong stuff. And I know I'm contradicting myself because they're learning the wrong <laughs> stuff, but I don't think they're learning how to learn correctly or equally. They're filling their heads full of, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And, and no disrespect to it, but I watched television, I watched Attenborough. That's what I watched in the jungle. Yeah. I was watching that, um, The Last of Us. Have you seen the TV series, The Last of Us? Right. And, and it's based on the video game. Now here's mm, a classic. Yeah, right. So there's the video game, and then there's the, there's the TV series, and then there's me going off, and it's about the fungus that can take control of animals. And I remember when I watched the first episode of the TV series, but I remember vaguely the Attenborough clip on that about the ants. And what did that make me do is, is go back I watched the TV series, then I went back and thought, right, I'm going to have a look at the actual the theory behind this, the fungus itself. Now, if I was a biology teacher, what would I be doing? I'd be saying, all right, okay, here's The Last of Us, here's your video game, here's the, um, the, the, the TV series, and here's the actual science that justifies it. These, this fungus actually takes control of animals, and it's set. And there's even an environmental message in that. And that's the difference. I, go, I went deeper, and then... My wife you're, and I you're, you're, you're pulling in lots of interests exactly. uh, from around you, but that's, that's the question there. How do you get to that point? Because then you'd want, you want want the children to be curious. You want them to do the thinking. It's the thinking. We need them to process, to think. And the technology, it's, it's robbing them sometimes of the thinking. And that worries me from, a, from an Orwellian point of view. That worries me about the world we're inheriting, the world we're creating, because then your critical thinking it's the critical thinking aspect that really concerns me that we we're not creating a, a generation full of children who critically think we're creating a generation of people who look for information as quick as possible get the job done move on it's the quality that's not there the, we're, we're so quantity driven i think we're losing the quality okay cool so let's just try this uh, news one more time and then i think we'll literally just uh, we'll, 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 we'll just do our own news if, if we can't do it so here we go No. <laughs> ah, well, well. Oh well. We'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I'll try and reload it. Um, but um, yeah. So, so, it, so let's let's think about kind of how is is there a word that we could give homework in terms of branding? Extra learning. I think it's, it's learning. Learn. It's, I think learning opportunity. It's, it's a it's, it's a learning opportunity, um, and that's what it is because it's got to be an opportunity to go off and enrich. I think enrichment and um, learning opportunity. I think you've got to then phrase it as um, something curious. I mean, and I think some of the best homeworks I've given it is who do you think you are? And I stopped doing it. I'll tell you why I stopped doing it. I was told to stop doing it because I was told my homework was um, potentially discriminating against some children because those children didn't have the ability to go off and search on the internet. So I'll tell you the homework I did and I'll tell you why I thought it was a good homework. But then I resent the fact that I can't do it any longer. So you take your surname, Spence. Do you know what your surname means? Yep. What does it mean? Um... I don't know. You don't know what your surname means? No. Well, yeah. I, I know the kind of the uh, origins of it in terms of its link, its right. genealogy. Okay, what's my surname mean? No idea. Son of Little Paul in Gaelic. Paul is Irish for Gaelic. Son of Little Paul. So he used to, used to present to the kids, mm -hmm. all their staff members. So we've got a, a staff member called Mr. Warden. 
wore new guards. Thompson, son of Tom. Mm. And I go around the classroom and I've got so good at this. I, I look at the kids' names before they so come in. So could you do mine? Yeah. Spencer. Of course, it's Anglo-Saxon. It's from Spencer. It's a derivative of Spencer. Okay. Spencer. It's a posh name. I thought I, I mean I, I thought it was like a, a Gaelic link because it was Scottish. Uh, well, at least that, that that's understand with the Scottish. The Scottish is split into three. You've got the Anglo-Saxon Scottish, the Celtic Scottish, and then of course you've got the Viking. Scottish. So I guess this is the lesson that you're going to bring in. Oh, of course that's yeah, what I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's all within the confines. It, uh, they're they're learning about how Britain is a multicultural country, yeah. how the Celts, the Vikings, the Anglo-Saxons, and Normans, and everything else. Yeah. So what I do is I set the, I set I used to set the piece of work of who do you think you are based yeah. on the TV series who do you think you are, and I'll go around the class and I look at some children's name, and go Anderson, son of Anders. Samson, son of son, and you get O'Neill. Ah, your 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 father's probably grandfather's from Ulster somewhere. The O'Neills are from the county Tyrone, and sometimes I get it so right, the kid's face just drops and go, "That's my granddad you're talking about." <laughs> Fitzgerald. Well, the Fitzgeralds are from around the Dublin area. They're Anglo-Norman, and I'd have a bank of names, and literally, I'd, I'd always, I'd always have a little check of the register beforehand, yeah. and have a little check. Some I knew, some I wouldn't go. Anglo-Saxon derivative, uh, Norman derivative, and it'd be always the variation: the Anglo-Saxon, Norman, Celt. Yeah. And then, of course, you'd have some diverse names coming from other parts of the world. And yeah. sometimes I'd even know them, you know, some names like Filipino names, etc., or Spanish names. And you'd be able to, because it's a Catholic school, yeah. you'd have some of the Italian names. And yeah. I'd go, what's your Italian name mean in Italian? And they'd go, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're walking around with your surname mm. and you don't know what it is. So what I'd do is I'd drop the hand grenade in there of like, you're walking around with a name. You don't know who you are. You want me to teach you history of the world. How about I, you find out about yourself? And let's find your yeah, own yeah, journey yeah. first. And the curiosity that generated yeah, was thing, unreal. Yeah, yeah. But it was the fact that the kids were looking at me going like, tell me about me, tell me about me. And I'm like, it's his ownership, isn't it? Of course. So, but then, so this is ownership, isn't it? I'm looking at a girl who's like, you know, really tall for rage and her surname is Anderson. And I'm going, well, hello, Scandinavia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and again, you, you, I, I, I could walk around and go, Irish ancestry, how, how can you tell? Look, come on, you, you, your surname's Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, you, I know your mum. I see your church every Sunday. You know, I you know, see her at church every yeah. Sunday, you know what I mean? Your, your dad's was an older boy. For God's sake. You're, you're a Catholic family, there's a good possibility you're from an Irish background. And that's the thing, is, is that then I set them off with a who do you think you are? And what mm. that used to generate was phenomenal. Yeah. They'd be bringing in medals from granddad. They'd be bringing in, um, they'd be telling me some of the stories and they used to get them present. So I used to have like three lessons and I used to say, all right, I want you now to tell me all about your family. Mm. Oh my word, the parents, the grandparents were involved. It was the show and tell. Yeah, so it's basically the show and tell it was from show primary and tell. school. Yeah, those first things. Yeah. I had to stop doing it. Yeah, because some children haven't got access to the internet. We don't want to do homework that way, and I was, I, I was, I was talked out of it because it was oh, you can't do that any longer. You've got to stick to your scheme of work. Blah 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 blah. Oh, why did I ever? Uh, let... I, think, I think you could do it at the beginning of the well, year. Well, what I've done, well, what I've done yeah. is I've cascaded it down to primary school yeah. and said, okay, can my local partner primary schools? I give them that scheme of work. And says, look, I've got to speed up my scheme of work to get these R things done. I'm under instructions when we told I, I, that's the stuff that you're meant to do at primary anyway, because it's Celts and, Rome, and Romans and Vikings and mm -hmm. all the rest of it. So I basically cascaded it down and handed it over to, yeah. ironically, I handed it over to a, a person who's going to teach it in year six in the local primary school yeah. who's actually an ex pupil of mine. Okay. So it's kind of like my disciple. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he's now he's now got that. Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing now is he's able to. I'm able to turn around to the kids and say, "When you did do, who do you think you are?" And that's it. They go, "Yeah, we did that at primary so school." And I'm thinking, it, "Yeah, because yeah, I'm the one that came up with the yeah. idea." But that was the whole beautiful thing about it was, it set them off into a journey that they were invested in, that they saw some value in, and it was also the key to it was the parents got involved. 
and they got so involved some of them they were handing over these wads of kind of like correspondence yeah. war letters because they want they want to talk about it as well, well there was memorabilia yeah, yeah. and there was always and a bit like the tv show who you think you are the first world war was where i represented mm. the second world war was represented and the thing was because i was patient enough sometimes the stories that come out of those children and I remember years later when some of those children were saying, well, tell me about something you really learned at school. Tell me about something you really learned. I learned what my surname meant. And you sort of think that's one of the most basic things. You're walking around yeah, you with a surname and you've got your own history. Yeah. But it was setting it up that it was just a chore. That it, And also, I, I, actually, I'm, I'm talking myself into doing this again. Yeah, I think, um, so, yeah. I think it should. Yeah. But this is the thing. It worked because it wasn't homework. It was something they wanted to do. Self-exploration. Yeah. Okay, let's just try this one more time. Do you want to have a go? Maybe, maybe it's, me, it's me clicking. But everybody now is doing DNA tests. When you think about it, people are testing their DNA, their family DNA. People have become more, and that's where the technology can be quite good. That's a good positive side of technology. Do you want to have a go? See if you can... No. No, worry, should <laughs> uh, on, on that with homework, I'd like to yeah. just very, very quickly... Um, give some of the evidence from yeah, from Hattie. Um, Hattie. So we've got um, we've got the arguments for and against homework. So you've got the arguments against homework, which is there's no point setting homework for the sake of it. Children need to have a childhood. Why rob them of it? Research says that homework doesn't make a difference. Is another thing that said. I couldn't possibly cope with all the marking. That's another thing that said. And half the class won't do it anyway. What's the point? So the rebuttal of that is is that homework could always be an integral part of the learning process if it's properly included. Um, it's possible for us to do a lot of homework and engage in other activities, but the homework shouldn't be that onerous. Mm. Um, the research doesn't really fully completely justify the homework doesn't make a difference. Is at primary school it makes, makes less of a difference. At secondary school, of course, as the children get older, it makes more of a difference. I mean, I think I think it depends what you mean by homework at primary school. If you if you mean kind of reading, yeah, uh, that that would make a massive impact. Well, but, phonics but, especially, but, yeah. But setting a kind of arbitrary task would yeah. probably have less. less yeah. meaning. and that again is down to making sure the task is appropriate, mm. age appropriate, structured appropriate, and linked to what they're learning. Yeah. Um, and then the, the thing about marking is what's to say that we we get the students to mark it. Peer markings it, it can be quite important as well. Um, and the thing is about it's the high the high cultural expectations. Um, if you've got low cultural expectations and you set homework and you don't check up on it and you don't have systems in place, then of course half the class don't do it because they don't see the value in it. If you're going to set the homework, you've got to put the value in it. You've got to say this is worth doing. Otherwise, you're setting the signal out of this is not something we're buying okay, into. So, so, so how often have you been in this position where um, start of the year, SLT say we're going to be prep on homework. Two, two sets of homework in, half the class have done it. And the policy is is that they're going to have to intention if they haven't done it. That's too that's too extrinsic motivated. That, that's that's the that's so, the so, stick. So we go, that's the so, stick. So we go straight. To, we go straight. To, yeah. So hang on a minute. So let's let's say three weeks in, we've still got half the class not doing it. What what do you think the teacher should do at that point? Because the teacher should analyze what the other half of the class why they're not doing. It. Talk to the kids and say why have you not done your homework. If they have not done the homework, it might be it's too difficult. Not done the homework because they might. We found this out during the game during COVID. Some of the children didn't have access to the resources because we we knew there was a digital divide. So you've got to analyze that before you, you go straight to the the punishment. It is what type of child is it? Is there a reason why they haven't done it? You can't just go straight. You've got to diagnose the problem in order to fix it. Mm. And I think that's a part of the problem sometimes. If you've got these policies, these policies have to be changing to suit 
the children and also their learning environment and also you as a teacher. There has to be some compromise in there where you have to set homework that is appropriate, that is achievable and isn't just for the sake of yeah, it really, isn't it? I think the thing as a teacher, if, you, if you've already gone through those measures and uh, this, this is where it kind of gets hard, doesn't it? Yeah. It sometimes becomes homework in school. Sometimes becomes the battle of wills, doesn't it? And and it can be, it can be a real kind of uh, line that some teachers kind of draw on, and they go right. This I, I'm going to break this. As you said before, you use that, use that phrase. I'm going to this class is going to be, you said you said I was broken by the teacher. But that's the thing is 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 that have children have become very good at at breaking us down in both home and in school. Yeah. And my own daughter says to me, Daddy, why do you have to be so strict? And, and, and I'm never, I don't always agree with this person, but I will quote, I will quote her, um, Catherine Bergelstein. And, and, and she says, you know, if you do care sometimes, you do punish the children. Mm. If that child has turned around and said, I'm not bothered, fine. I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to say to you how important this is. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have to punish you. I don't want to punish you, but it's, it's connected to behavior policy. Sometimes to punish the child is, is the kindest thing because they have to know their consequences of their actions. Mm. And they have to understand that learning is not arbitrary. If they don't learn, there are consequences to not learning. And I think we don't always explain that to children, that they're in a race to learn as much as possible, to gain as many skills as possible for their life. And I, th I think sometimes that we don't communicate that strongly enough, that you know, homework is important if we deem it to be important, if we buy into it, if we value it, and we have our expectations of it. Yeah. But that's the same with every aspect of what we do as teachers. It's got to be, if you do it, what I'm saying is if you're going to do it, you've got to do it and you've got to do it right. Yeah, but, but it, what you've also said there is that also is part of the problem that we're saying that this, you've got five years. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and we're overloaded, yes, and we are. So, yeah. no, so that, therefore, some students think, well, you know, I've just got to kind of get through this in five years. And, and I, you know, I've, heard, I've heard some parents say that to children as well. That um, you know, you've only got two years left. And what, what does that mean? Yeah, but you see, that's yeah. that, but that also mentality can get into teachers of like, well, God, we're nearly there a half term, we're nearly done, we're nearly done, as if learning's a chore. And and that I think we need to change that narrative. Learning should be an amazing experience. Yeah. Learning should be something that people want. I use the analogy of the of the sick patient and the doctor. I've got a sick patient. I've got the medicine. The patient doesn't want to get cured. Mm. Well, it's in their own interests. We, 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 I think we've lost sight. I think a lot of societies lost sight of this. They think learning just happens at school. They think we teachers just set homework to be cruel. And again, I think that communication between the parent and the teacher has to be important. If the teacher was able to say, this is the reason why I want your child to do this, that's why those conversations have got to be important. I mean, convince me why, nobody now can not convince me why phonics aren't important and reading's not important. But we all know that battle, but it's the same with other things. If you turn around and say, it's the same as music. Wow, my, my child doesn't have to do music homework. It's not that important. Well, you don't want your child to be creative. You don't want your child to enjoy it. You, you see what I mean? You've got, to, you've got to have that conversation. They are doing this homework because it is important, because it's the rationale. Every lesson should have a rationale. Every teacher should be saying to you that you're, you're learning this for a purpose, but you're also learning this because there's something you can gain from it. And if there's nothing to be gained, I mean, this is the generation we're at. They are about gains. And I don't think sometimes we fully explain the purpose and reason why we do things. And, and, and it's like we assume the kids know how to study, how to revise. Or they're up in their bedroom. Parents do this all the time. They're up in their bedroom. They've done their homework. I know they've done their homework because they're up in their bedroom. Yeah, And what? As soon as the parent walks in, they're pretending to do the homework. As yeah. soon as the parent walks back out, they're on TikTok. You know, and it's back to that again of like making sure that we, we have to check up with them. But sometimes it's horrible to check up with them because you want to trust them. 
But as this boy was saying to me, he needs the structure of the organisation. So we have to create systems which allow for the homework to be done, which is not too onerous. And it is a compromise. The yeah. parents are saying to me, Your ch- my child's got far too many, ho- too many homework tasks this week. You have to turn around and say to yourself, is every subject setting homework? So you've got to work with parents. Parents have to work with teachers and you've got to build that relationship. Pupils have to build that relationship as well. So it is all about that relationship. And that's what chatbot can't do. You can't build that relationship with chatbot. Anyway, right. So we're, we're nearly there as regards our, our show. It's been um, interesting, um, so to speak. Oh, we've had one message. Oh, um, uh, we've had plenty of activity today. Uh, we've had a little bit of technology let us down, but we somehow got there in the end because we human beings are still superior to technology. Do you see that? Because we human beings still can somehow use the technology. Um, but don't forget this, uh, well, we've got plenty of things coming up this week, plenty of, of great shows that were done today and uh, done last week on Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, we had Yasmin's show this morning, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had uh, our show last week with uh, with Daniel, which is fantastic as well. We've got brilliant shows coming up this week, um, which can be downloaded and you can get on some of the Twitter spaces. Some are like ourselves, and can be downloaded later. Um, but please do check us out. And also do check out our sponsor, and our sponsor is John Cat. Uh, and John Cat Ed- Educational is our partner, and they are leading publisher of books, directories, and educational guides and magazines, which is specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools of the UK and beyond. So please check out their, their new releases at johncatbookshop.com. And just having a look at some of those, uh, one, of, one that took my eye was toxic schools and how to avoid them and how to leave them. Which really look good, yeah. You could, yeah. So Helen Woodley's critical important action research. I love action research in the growing field of education is investigation of the effect of working on a to- on toxic schools and teacher mental health and well being, and she uses the experience of four teachers and looking at their experiences across some toxic schools. So that I think would be very very relevant for what's happening with recruitment and retention. And uh, also, uh, this one's released on the third of February, uh, which has been released by Catherine Lee and. That is, it's quite interesting, this one, Pretend Schools and Section 28, and, and this historical and political cultural account of schools and teaching under Section 28. Mm. Um, and that, that's been quite insightful when you consider the current debate around the trans debate, mm. and, and people are sort of thinking that's in isolation. I think that'd be very interesting. I want to have a look at that because I want to look at, you know, what must it mean like to be a teacher uh, during that time and have the, the kind of, on the one hand, you know, shackled by a government edict that yeah. you probably, you know, agree didn't you. agree yeah. with and, f- and trying to find some some sort of middle ground. I mean, I know, I mean, I've been a sex education coordinator uh, in a Catholic school and tell me uh, that's not a minefield to walk and I, and, and I successfully walked it. So it, 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 it's tricky, isn't it? As educators, we walk the minefield of, of trying to make sure we service the children in the society we service, but also we're under pressure sometimes mm-hmm. to, 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 sort of service different masters but that would be an interesting one to have a real look at it and from a historical point of view and it's set set between 1998 and 2003 wow. and that's when you and i started well, 2004 was my pgc 2003 was mine yeah wow so actually section 28 it is amazing because we've, we've we've done this about um like the the, the change in legislation around um homosexuality yeah uh, and you realize sometimes how late that was yeah, oh yeah. Of, yeah it's unbelievable really well it? tell me about the legislation about um smacking it's the there's legislation about caning i was caned at school mm. Phys- physically caned at school and it's hilarious when i when i when i say that to the children i'm teaching they, they're like you're really strict sir and I'm like, you've got no <laughs> idea what's it, what's it well, and they're like you know a child the other day i was like please don't shout at me i'm like 
you think that's shit? Yeah. You really think that's shit? That's on a four. That's a four. Yeah. And they were like, what's a nine or ten? I went, no one's got the nine but, or ten but, yet but, in but, school. But it's, but it's still just, not sorry, just, it's, it still seems strange, even, that even though you write, the kind of legislation changed. And, you know, maybe you, well, you, you said you got caned. It was certainly in the mentality of the teachers that I had that they were rough, shall we say. Even if they weren't, they're, they're quite prepared to grab and move, yeah. move you to the side. Um, but but almost like immediately when I when I decided to be a teacher, it's never crossed. Never crossed it's, it's no, never, it's never crossed. Even though there's sometimes, obviously, you've been very angry for lots of reasons. Oh because, gosh, yeah. Because children, have, you've been on. A they've trip. let you down. They've disappointed you. Yeah, yeah. They've done something yeah. really unsafe, and it's kind yeah. of your fight and flight response has gone a bit oh. kind of haywire. But the thought of physically like. But the, but the thought of having a child physically humiliated yeah. in front of the class, and I remember vividly being staged in front of the class, yeah. in front of the class, with a with a large meter ruler yeah, yeah. and holding my hand out. I mean, it's Dickensian, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I tell you what, it did. It didn't didn't sort my behaviour problems out. It made me more defiant because yeah, yeah. it made me go right. Fine, that's how you want to play it. Fine, I'll yeah. play it that way. Yeah, because they pardoned and, you as well, haven't they? Really? Well, like, little, like physically and... Well, yeah, but, it, but it, don't get me wrong. Emotionally, it hurt. Mm. It, but it hurt, particularly the worst part of it was was the expectation of it. The actual physical physical hit you in the hand. Mm. It's fine, we've all had that playing a game of football and the ball's been kicked at you and you're like in a cold winter's day yeah. and you're the goalkeeper. Yeah, it's that, that, that feeling. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm pretty hardy enough to say I've played, played rough sports and, mm. and I like my extreme sports. So it's not the physical pain that was the problem for me. It was the look on the headmaster's face headmaster not head teacher master he was a master mm. as well and, and i always equated him to like darth vader the guy had like you know as soon as he walked in there it was like you know he had this bubble around him he had this this sort of persona where you were you know afraid and and i often think i've had to say to myself you know, i don't want you don't want children to be afraid of you they want them to respect you but that was ruled through fear and that was very wrong and again we're at the back end of that that was our educational system and the sort of thing I think we've gone, I'm not saying we've gone too far. I think it is right that we do not. And some people out there in society think that that's why things have gone soft because yeah. caning never harmed anybody. And I think, all right, nice one. You go on ahead. Um, and they could they, they could probably think national service is the way forward. Yeah. And who am I to argue that there are people out there, that's their, that's their opinion. But having gone through that system as a teacher now, I would resign rather than physically harm a child. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be because the other side of it is, and maybe some teachers were were told this was a discipline structure in their school at the mm. time, and maybe they were told you have to cane the child. Well, if you if you've been disciplined at, at school, and then you're convinced that that's how you've been successful in the sort of <sighs> education system, and it's that it's that feedback loop. Yeah, it is that feedback. Like so, that's um, that's a really that got us that got us talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, um, there's definitely a show that I kind of want to do around uh, patriarchal names because um, if mm. you've ever been asked after about, uh, I'm called Sir. The female teachers are called Miss. You ever thought about that? They, they kind of the, stru- the, the structure around that. It could be a good show for future. The head teacher, headmaster. Well, well, true. We yeah. we we we've I mean, always had traditionally a head boy and head girl. Yeah. But we've changed it. Um, we also used to have the children going into the uh, hall, our active, we call it assembly, but our active worship because we're a Catholic mm-hmm. school. It's always been traditionally boy girl, boy girl to stop the sort of chit chat, and we changed it because the student body. Mm-hmm. Somebody may have had a conversation with them along the lines of like well is it appropriate to make that distinction 
So we are moving, schools are moving, mm. but no sooner have you moved one aspect, there will always be those that will go, well, this is too far, this is too far. And, and, and you can see that there's always a, a revolution to a counter revolution yeah, and change. Yeah. There'll always be people out there that think yeah. caning children is acceptable yeah. and that we teachers are soft. And, and we use that, that phrase, we, snowflake, we, 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 you know. We know, we know, don't we? Because the, the window always moves, the pro progression always moves, isn't it? It does, yeah. and, and and again, there'll be younger teachers come after us, you know, who, who are just starting out in their careers, and they might listen to us two dinosaurs and go, you know, what uh, are they about? <laughs> yeah, and and and, it, and that. But the, the key to it is, I'm willing to evolve. I'm willing to acknowledge yeah. that some of the practices of the past weren't acceptable. And that's what we have to do. That's why we like doing this. That's why yeah. CPD is important. Yeah. That's why Hattie's correct. CPD is vital, but also the ability to learn and evolve. We've got to do that. We say it to the children, we've got to learn and evolve. So I'm willing to take on board some of chatbot GPT to tie it all up. I'm willing to take on board some of it, but I don't think it, it by its isolation is the, the replacement of us. I think it's, if we use it correctly and if it's used skillfully, I think it'd be an aid and it can be useful yeah. for us, but it just should not replace us. Otherwise we're doing ourselves out yeah. of a job. But let, um, let, me, let me just move the target audience then. I think you're slay. Well, slay. Slay. What's slay? That's what, that's what all the cool kids are saying. You're slay. I've never wanted to be a cool kid. <laughs> I was never a cool kid, but I knew we were cool kids. This, okay, Brent, this show is gas. This show is sick. Oh, it's, I know it's sick. I'm, I'm here. I'm, 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 we're not we're not slay. <laughs> did, you, did you know what? They put so much effort into all these ridiculous <laughs> words. Did, you, did, did, did you not do this? Every, every, every generation is saying they cover it. That's the point of being young. Um, you create, you create your own okay, kind of... our vocabulary was probably not broadcastable, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. And, and, and I mean, considering my Irish background, yeah. uh, one of my biggest fears always was after a half term, I come home from spending time in my native country and I'm going to turn around to a child who's running down the corridor and going, you, you little, uh-oh, I'll get my P45, yeah. there's the door, you know. And yeah, yeah, vocabulary is very, very different. So yes, that's been we've been brought to you by John Cat, and and obviously try and be. Um, we'd look for some of you to maybe be a presenter with us as well. Um, we have run over, but we have run over because we haven't run over. We're actually, I think uh, we just started a little late today, so we're at one. To, look at that perfect we've timing. Actually, on that. We're actually got the kids lined up, ready to go for the first time ever. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we've already been in a position where we, we're, we're the people leaving, letting the kids out late, and they're kind of hanging on, going, "Oh, look, it's." It's, 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 20, it's 29, it's 29, so it's 29, it's 29. How many times do they chat that and say, well, that's still not the time. Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. It's 20, 29. Perfect, here we are, bong. Right. Uh, on, on the money. Last question, then. What, 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 what have you got to do today? Uh, the rest of today, um, it's, I think it's back upstairs to find out what homework has been completed by, <laughs> by, by two children who have just been left for an hour and a half um, to try and try and complete some homework. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how they've I, got. I we'll, have see how seen, they, we'll see how they've got. On. I've got a four and a seven-year-old's homework to do, so that's going to be the four-year-old's doing lots of colouring in. The seven-year-old, I will admit, some nice some of the phonics. I, I'm going to admit now, to, not my wife, nothing not listening, or even my children. I look at my seven-year-old's homework. Wow. It's pretty high grade. I have to say, it is pretty high grade. I wouldn't be able to do that at seven years old. So we always put it in perspective and say, you know, times change and maybe some things are better, some things are worse. I think things change. That's what I'm going to leave yeah, it with things, that. Things so things move forward and hopefully we've helped things move forward and, and maybe in a couple of years' time, um, we'll have this homework debate. It's an eternal one. It's like sets or not sets. There's always things in education that are always eternal. Yeah. And I think there's always team homework yeah. versus team not homework, yeah. isn't hang, there? Hang on a minute. We're still going to do this in a couple of years' time. God knows. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, no, I, I tell you what we'll do. We'll just have chatbot re replicate brand yeah. Poland, please. Yeah. Can chatbot ever replicate brand Poland? Well, I think I think you're unique. I thank you. Yes. I think, and that's exactly what I want. And then so are you, because human beings, I do warn us, I mean, Cyberdyne Systems 101, we cannot be replaced. Otherwise, what is the point of teaching? Yeah. You cannot replace the human element. Yeah. Anyway, talking of human element, thank you for listening. Yeah, and so, and so thank we, you. We could have outro music now, or we could not. Uh, let's try and see if we got outro music. <laughs> I think I think our outro music is probably going to be the news. <laughs> Who knows what could play? I don't even know why that scroll's not working. Okay, yeah, so let's yeah. go with right. uh, Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week with all sorts of uh, fun and games and technology that works. The outro music is not working. This has been a production of Teachers Talk Radio with me. Brent Poland, Adam and Spence. And me, Adam Spence. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>